0: I'm Nora Berry. And I'm Mike Adams. And you're listening to The Story Mechanics, where we diagnose, deconstruct, fix, and build stories. The Knights of the Round Table, King Arthur, Camelot, we all know the story. It's an action-adventure tale. It's a fantasy. But is it actually a prototype for the modern-day corporation? Nora Berry deconstructs. The story of Camelot is set during the Middle Ages, a time when being fired meant being beheaded or burned at the stake. There's actually a castle in Belgium with a trap door set in the floor of the throne room. So if the boss felt the meeting wasn't going well, he simply pulled the lever and the person dropped into the dungeon below. Losing leaders of oppositional parties frequently found their heads staked out on the castle gates as a warning to the others who might disagree with the king, And by the way, I tell you these not as management techniques, but as historical footnotes. Into this time period rode Arthur. He first proved himself by pulling a sword from a stone, a feat that no one else could accomplish, and one which got him elevated to the position of CEO. After he assumed the position of CEO, Arthur led his team into war to solidify his base and defend his kingdom. This he did with the help of his top consultant, Merlin, and a powerful tool called Excalibur, which Merlin helped him acquire. After Arthur won his battles and reestablished the stability of his kingdom, he decided it was time to marry. He looked around and settled on Guinevere, who was the daughter of a friendly neighboring king named Lodegrance. With Guinevere, Arthur acquired the Round Table as a wedding present. The Round Table was unique in that its construction defied the hierarchical order of the day. It was round, and that meant that all who sat at it were equal. No one was above another. When Arthur received the Round Table as a gift from King Lodegrance, he also got a hundred knights along with it. But as Lodegrance explained to Arthur, the table sat 150, but he had lost so many knights to battle he couldn't fill all the seats. The round table inspired Arthur, and he tasked Merlin with finding 50 more knights to sit at the table. He had an idea of how he wanted to govern, and the table was his symbol of that idea, a kingdom where justice was on the same level for everyone. What Arthur was doing when he sought the new knights was transforming his organization with a new vision, one founded on peace, justice, and right over might. It's true. The crown has made it clear. The climate must be perfect. Building on his vision, Arthur created a mission statement called the Chivalric Code, and it went something like this. Don't participate in wrong quarrels, give mercy to those who ask for it, and strengthen the rights of women, by which he meant don't rape them. Arthur's mission statement was transformational, because in the Middle Ages, if you had might, then you were right. End of story. Even better, Once you achieved kingly might, you could say you ruled with divine right. It's a miracle, ordained by heaven. This boy is our king. Which, frankly, is a much stronger backing than many CEOs get from their boards these days. In addition, Arthur was granting protection for women, upholding their rights to proper treatment. Consider that in the Middle Ages... Centuries before Woody Allen, it was not unheard of for a 50-year-old man to marry a 14-year-old woman. Marriage was a business contract, and in fact, it was frequently conducted by proxy, not unlike the way mergers and acquisitions are handled by opposing teams of lawyers in the boardroom. In creating his code, Arthur was upending the warrior culture that had governed politics what he proposed was unheard of, much in the same way, for example, that casual Fridays were unheard of at IBM in the 20th century. But it was a vision and a mission that one raised from the knights and the citizens who were tired of living by the sword. As a result, Arthur sought and received buy-in for his new culture from his top knights and his counselors. The culture of Camelot was also a success with his customers, the subjects in the kingdom who welcomed a culture of less war, who were down with the idea of knights being more prone to rescuing damsels than raping them, and of a king who loved practicing open leadership and new ideas. Camelot's stock was highly valued, and its success soon attracted others. When Arthur had originally sent Merlin out to fill the remaining 50 seats at the round table, Merlin had only been able to find 28 knights. But once word of the new organizational culture got out, talent began arriving at the castle drawbridge. The most renowned knights in the kingdom, Lancelot, Gawain, Galahad, came because they wanted to be part of the new culture. So the culture attracted top talent, which is exactly what today's organizations are seeking to do with their cultures. Leaders are critical in maintaining organizational cultures, while national cultures can, and frequently do, survive bad or weak leaders. Arthur was instrumental in leading his culture by living and constantly supporting the code, and he inspired his top management to also embody the culture. Lancelot specifically personified the culture of Camelot, and he was considered Arthur's dearest friend and perhaps next up in power. Lancelot violated the code, however, and undermined the culture when he betrayed Arthur by having an affair with his wife. The affair was not just a betrayal of friendship, it was actually considered treasonous, which was punishable by death. But Arthur turned a blind eye because he was desperate to maintain the culture in which he believed and had worked so hard. This meant, however, that the round table was ultimately not really round, nor were the rules applied equitably, because if another knight had been guilty, he would have been put to death. This all of the knights knew, and eventually it created resentment in the ranks. Feeling guilty after he was caught, Lancelot decided to go on crusade and pursue the Holy Grail. Once Lance signed on for the quest, the other knights soon followed. While Lancelot sought forgiveness, the others were more interested in adventure and the wealth to be found in the Middle East. In short, when faced with the promise of more financial rewards and the idea of change, the top talent walked out the door. Arthur attempted to talk them out of it, justly afraid losing all of his knights would make him vulnerable on the home front. And it did because at the end of the quest, only about 20% of the knights actually returned. Unfortunately for Arthur, one of the executives who stayed behind was his resentful son, Mordred. Think of Mordred as the rising young executive who was passed over at the last minute for a top promotion he felt he deserved. Mordred was also not a fan of the new culture. He liked Might Makes Right. And Mordred's dissatisfaction with the norm highlights a challenge in creating new corporate cultures. Not everyone is going to agree on what makes a value great. For instance, the organization we Work recently declared it wouldn't reimburse employee expenses for meals that included meat, which is frankly a hostile environment if you're a carnivore. Now, employees who are unhappy with corporate culture generally try to leave, and those departures can undermine the organization. It's one of the issues that's actually seen as a threat to the merger of IBM and Red Hat. Part of what fueled Mordred's resentment was his employment situation. On the day he was born, Arthur had declared that all of the babies born on that day be rounded up and drowned. Most of them were. Mordred, however, survived. Armed with the truth, he arrived at Camelot. Camelot. Arthur accepted him at court, but made it clear that he held Lancelot in higher esteem. Lancelot, whom Mordred knew to be committing adultery and hence treason. Like any savvy and successful executive, Mordred played the long game. When the opportunity presented itself, he set Guinevere and Lancelot up for a fall. Lancelot escaped, and Arthur was forced to condemn his wife to death at the stake. When Lancelot rescued her at the last minute, Arthur had to declare war on Lancelot. While he battled his former best friend, Mordred opened up another battlefront. And in the end, Arthur and Mordred killed each other, as prophesied, and the kingdom fell. At the end of the day, Camelot's own culture was its downfall. The lofty value statement Arthur had created set too high a bar. Humans being human, they slipped. Arthur had to put his own wife on trial, according to the code. Lancelot had to come and rescue her, according to the code. Arthur had to do battle with Lancelot. The culture ate the organization. National culture is deeply ingrained. It's something we're born with. It's in our DNA. Whereas corporate culture is something we acquire and put on like a suit of clothes every morning. In fact, only about 3.2% of the world's population leaves its native culture every year as opposed to 33% of employees who are looking to leave their organizational culture every year. Organizational cultures are routinely and deliberately changed, and that fluidity weakens them and makes them fundamentally tenuous, not unlike Camelot. There are multiple variations to the end of Arthur's story, but almost all conclude with the words engraved on his tomb, here lies the once and future king. Arthur's people wanted him to come back and try again, not unlike the Apple Board wanted Steve Jobs to come back. Even though Arthur had failed, he had brought value to the daily lives of the citizens and the knights of the Round Table in Camelot and tied their daily grind to a higher purpose. And that's not unlike what a lot of companies are looking to do today with their own cultures. By 9 p.m., the moonlight must appear. In short, there's simply not. A more congenial spot For happy ever aftering Than here We're finished telling this story, but the narrative continues next week with another. Join us then, and as always, leave us your stories and your feedback on our blog, thestorymechanics.blogspot.com. The Story Mechanics is a production of Bridgeview Media. You can find us at www.bridgeviewmedia.com.